KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. I'm Matt Leon. For more than five decades, Westchester University has been at the forefront of teaching and training the next generation of athletic trainers. Alums are in key positions throughout professional college and high school sports. We wanted to learn more about the Westchester University athletic training program and what makes it so special. So we caught up with Dr. Scott Heinrichs. He is the dean of Westchester University's College of Health Sciences. So I think anybody in local athletics probably has had a connection with someone who has a connection to the Westchester uh, athletic training program. Uh, you guys have developed a ton. Kind of give us the the history here. We're talking more than five decades. You guys have uh, had this available? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Westchester University, as I like to say to people, and I, I, I am serving as the dean, but prior to serving as the dean, I was a full-time faculty member. And my background is in athletic training. And I like to say to people, we're the Ivy League of athletic training. So we have been uh, providing education to athletic trainers since 1971-72. And that is due to the founder of the program, Phil Donnelly. Um, we have a education program at the baccalaureate level back in 71-72 that has now transitioned because the profession has moved to the master's level as the entry level degree. Similar to other professions, PT is at the doctorate level. Um, athletic training now, to work as an athletic trainer, you have to have a master's degree. So yes, we've been providing uh, education for about five decades and, and doing it very well. What has allowed Westchester to not be around that long, but to reach the elite level. It doesn't happen by accident. I'm sure there were opportunities earlier where it could have faded into the background or whatever, like kind of give me a little bit of the why and the how that you guys have uh, been able to do this. So the, the, the why and the how really, really comes from Phil Donnelly, the founder of the program back in 71, 72. Um, you know, there are many individuals across the United States. When you say Westchester athletic training, they know what that means. And that really has come about because of the commitment of the faculty, which Phil was the founder, and the faculty that have since followed in the footsteps. And what I mean by that is the faculty are committed to not only educating students in the classroom, but they also serve as clinicians out in the field. So for example, a full-time faculty member just teaches at most college universities. The faculty member at Westchester University for athletic training education, not only do they teach classes, but they provide clinical services to a sports team providing athletic health care and so and supervising students in the program. So, for instance, if you were to come into the athletic training room and you're a football player and you sprain your ankle and I'm providing care as the athletic trainer for the football team, I would say to my student, OK, we just talked about this today. You're now going to go evaluate the patient, and then I'm going to come over, and I'm going to evaluate the patient after you. That model that was started in 71-72 still exists at Westchester University, but that model doesn't really exist as often across the country. There are educational faculty and, and separate clinical faculty. And I often say we are better educators because we're still clinically involved. And we're better clinicians because we're still educating the students. How has, and I'm sure this question can go in a myriad of different directions, but how has the world, the concept of athletic training changed in 
50 years. Because I think, number one, most schools, teams had one person, and that was a person that was basically wrapping ankles and giving them an aspirin and sending them back out there. And I'm not trying to make light. It was just what it was at the time. And now it is a completely different world. Uh, just kind of as you can talk about the evolution of the field. Absolutely. I think you you said it uh, spot on. You know, when people uh, back in the early 70s think of athletic trainers, they think of, okay, taping, you know, giving ice, you know, providing some uh, diagnosis. And the profession itself is, is encompasses uh, several different domains. It's the prevention, the examination, the diagnosis, and rehabilitation of emergent, acute, or chronic injury and general medical conditions in the physically active, which is usually athletes. So what we've seen over the last you know, 50 years in terms of the profession is we've seen athletic trainers be at the forefront of things like concussion education. You know, if you're watching the NFL now and you see medical timeouts that are called, um, that that is that is started initiated by an athletic trainer up in the booth that has a radio contact to the head referee and to the medical sidelines to say, you know what, we need to pull that person out to get evaluated. So athletic trainers are at the forefront of something like concussion education, mental health and well-being is such a pandemic right now in society. And the relationship that athletic trainers build with their athletes because they're able to see them every day and their progression or their regression after an injury allows us to establish a relationship and understand the importance of mental health and well-being. And the other thing I'll say is we see athletic trainers working in many different settings now. You know, prior in the early 70s, it was you worked at a college or university, you worked for a professional sports team, or you worked at a high school. Now we see athletic trainers working in industry, right? So Boeing hires athletic trainers because that same orthopedic injury that an athlete sustains is the same orthopedic injury that that individual sustains at Boeing or, or Amazon. Um, we also see athletic trainers working in physician offices, you know, where they are, they are evaluating the patient before the physician does. So they can brief the physician to allow them to see more patients. So it has evolved tremendously, not only in the knowledge that our students obtain during their academic plan, but also in the opportunities that are seen for individuals graduating from an athletic training education program. Coming from the other direction, has the appreciation for what athletic trainers do grown you think? Because I think it is a position like a lot of your support positions that can be completely taken for granted. And it's just assumed that that's always going to be there and it's always going to do what I want because that's how it works. But do you feel that the appreciation for what goes into it is growing? I do feel like the appreciation for athletic trainers is growing, you know, and a lot of that is due to grassroots efforts from our national organization. You know, we have our national meeting coming up next week in Philadelphia. Uh, the National Athletic Trainer Association is 44,000 of athletic trainers that will congregate in Philadelphia next, next week. And uh, our national organization has made it a point to, to reach across the aisle to, to the physical therapy profession and understand that there are similarities, but there are differences. Um, so I do think advocacy on the part of our national organization, advocacy from institutions, 
um, that provide athletic training education programs is growing. Uh, I do think we also have some some ways to go, you know, to to knock down some of those walls so that people can see the return on investment. You know, one of the things that athletic trainers don't do that's much different than other healthcare providers is, is built, many don't bill for services in, in states, right? So, you know, in healthcare, you may tear your ACL and not be an athlete and only get so many visits to a physical therapy clinic. Um, most student athletes at most institutions of college, universities, of professional, of high school, they get unlimited visits in order to provide them quality care. So that, that's a difference. But um, yeah, I do think things are changing. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Scott Heinrichs right after this. This is one-on-one. And we are back on one-on-one, continuing our conversation with Dr. Scott Heinrichs. He is the Dean of Westchester University's College of Health Sciences. Someone that gets involved in athletic training, how long are we talking? You talk off the outset, like kind of how the degree has changed and, and grown. But, you know, if I were to enter the program today, how long, what's, what does it include? What does it take? So to uh, graduate from an accredited athletic training education program. And um, as I said, we're the Ivy league. And I say that jokingly, but we were one of the first four uh, accredited programs in the whole United States. We were the first in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. There are now over 300 accredited programs. So what does it take to, to become an athletic trainer? Uh, As I indicated, it's now at the graduate level. So it's a two-year degree. Um, at the graduate level, uh, you have to have certain prerequisite science coursework in order to apply into an athletic training education program. In addition to uh, classroom knowledge, uh, all of our students, no matter what program you go to, have to complete clinicals where they are working underneath the direction of a certified, just like many of other healthcare professions. And we ensure that those clinical experiences provide students with different opportunities. So a clinical at a college university, a clinical in a physician clinic, a clinical at a high school setting. So that students, when they leave and graduate from the program, are better able to make decisions on where they see themselves. The other big difference that we've done as we move to the master's degree is we now require students to be what we call immersed in a clinical. And that means no coursework, kind of like a residency, you know, in the medical, uh, in, for, for a physician, PTs do this. It's an immersion where you can go up to four to anywhere from four to 10 weeks where you go to your clinical and that's all you're doing. You're really shadowing and, and working alongside that preceptor from 8 a.m. sometimes to 6 p.m. and seeing what they do so you really get a sense of what it's like to work in on the ground as an athletic trainer. I mentioned earlier that anybody that's kind of dealt with athletics has probably come across an athletic trainer that has Westchester in their background. Kind of give people some context, like where does the 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 Westchester flag fly proudly uh, within athletic training realms? Absolutely, uh, it, it, you know it's uh, I can I can give you some examples, and I would say that the the flag fl- flies very widely across the United States. At the professional setting, uh, we have athletic trainers that work, uh, alumni that work with the Baltimore Orioles organization. Um, former uh, former athletic trainers with the Philadelphia Eagles are alums of Westchester University. Former athletic trainers with the Philadelphia Phillies are alums with Westchester University. They now work for Major League Baseball with the umpires and making sure that they are healthy and fit. 
Uh, Minnesota Vikings have alumni with athletic uh, Westchester roots. New York Islanders, Minnesota Wild, Kansas City Chiefs. It has a female athletic trainer and, you know, talk about breaking the glass ceiling. You're seeing more and more females break into the world of athletic training at the professional level. And it's great that Westchester has roots there at the college university setting. We're far and wide. Um, in addition to clinicians, the chancellor of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. OK, the president of UNC Chapel Hill, Kevin Guskowitz, is a graduate of Westchester University. Uh, Paula Tarosi is a faculty member and endowed chair at Duquesne University. She's a graduate of Westchester. We also have athletic trainers that were in the high school setting for 30 plus years at Downingtown High School, Joe Izzy, who's Westchester roots. Uh, so I, I, I know I'm probably leaving some people out, but you know, I, hopefully that gives you a, a nice array of, we're everywhere. You know, the, gold, the, 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 the purple and gold are everywhere. Faculty, clinicians at every level, and uh, making an impact and, and impacting the health and welfare of, of the physically active. And a lot of that, I have to say, is because of Phil Donnelly. And Phil Donnelly really has established in the Kevin Guskowitz, the Paula Tarosi, the Joe Izzy, some of those professional athletic trainers, the, the qualities of, of leadership, of service, of mentorship. They were his students back in 71, 72. And we still have faculty now that are still instilling those same qualities for those individuals that are at the Baltimore Orioles, that are at the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? So it, it, it's great to see the tradition continue because you often don't see that as, as individuals come into roles and, and, and leave, but Phil built such a great infrastructure for this program to continue to be successful and to allow current faculty to follow in the footsteps. That will do it for this bonus episode of One on One. And thanks to Dr. Scott Heinrichs for taking the time to talk. You can follow the pod on Twitter at One on One Pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon 1060. Thanks so much for listening. 